I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from Bullfrog Spas. We're out here for a job fair. They're hiring. They need you. 7017 West, 118 South. On the spot interviews. Come find out what they're all about. Great, uh, great benefits. Great place to work. Bullfrog Spas, 7017 West, 118th South in Harriman. Joining us now, of course, he is the play-by-play voice of the Salt Lake Bees. Our good friend Steve Clocky. What's going on, Steve? Well, not a whole lot. Uh, you know, I, I, as, as far as I know, I don't need a, a job, so I don't need to go out there for the job fair, but I could use a spa. <laughs> oh, well, they've got those too, Steve. You're in luck, yeah. buddy. <laughs> they can take care of you. They can take great care of you. Well, I, hey, you're, you know, during the season, you're on the road a lot. I bet you could use yourself a nice spa, a little wind down. That would be very, very nice, especially the way the schedule laid out this year. And having that uh, one day off uh, every Wednesday was uh, was huge. That would be uh, that would be a very nice accessory for the backyard. How has it been this year, Steve? It's been different with the the kind of rearranging of teams in in minor league baseball. Has it been? Has it gone smoothly? How do you like it? It's been a lot less taxing uh, on the players from the standpoint you have that built-in day off as opposed to uh, every week as opposed to in the past. We would go from the all-star break to the end of the season with only one day off. Now these guys are a little bit rested. There are no more 3.30 wake-up calls after a night game for a 6 a.m. flight. Uh, they, they travel on the off day. If you're coming home, you don't leave till you know, 10, 10.30. Uh, if you're leaving somewhere, you take the last flight out, maybe 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night to the next city. Much more uh, uh, beneficial for the players uh, from that standpoint. And, and when you fly on Wednesdays, it's cheaper. <laughs> Steve's got to throw that in yeah, there. Right? Right. Uh, Steve, uh, obviously there are really fun reasons to go see a bees game uh, just for the experience. But if you were to nail down like one or two reasons, things that should draw people to the ballpark to watch this particular team, what would they be? Well, number one would be the number of guys that have uh, had a chance to, to play here and then have been uh, called up and had been major factors uh, for the Angels. I mean, two-thirds of the starting outfield right now for the Angels uh, were with the Bees for the better part uh, of this season. And Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh, uh, you've got guys here that have been in the big leagues this season. Uh, uh, Jose Rojas, who is... Uh, 
big for them uh, in that shortened season last year. Matter of fact, he was leading the Angels in doubles when he got sent down. And, and just kind of a fun thing uh, for back-to-back games, not so much today, but in back-to-back games, the bottom third of the order were all players whose fathers spent at least 10 years in the big leagues. We have Chad Wallach, whose dad, Tim, was a third baseman for Montreal and the Dodgers for many years. We have Preston Palmero, whose dad, Rafael, of course, uh, a longtime Texas Ranger as well as other teams. And we also have Drew Butera, whose dad, Sal, was a major league catcher for 11, 12 years and now a major league scout. So um, maybe for me in particular, it's it's been a lot more fun to, to, to see the, the sons of, of, of major league players play at this point, even though it does tend to make me feel a little bit older. Steve, of course, you are the voice of the bees. You are also the voice of the Weber State Wildcats. And uh, Utah, Weber State is what, uh, Gordon, 13 days away? Does that, yeah. sound, does that sound about right? Um, saw that Jay Hill had a, and the squad had a scrimmage today. Give us a little, little preview. What are you expecting out of this year's version of the Wildcats? If anything else that's been that's different from the spring season, guys, I, I really expect the defense to regain its killer instinct, something that's been a part of this uh, Jay Hill-led defense for many years. But now, last year, it was, or last spring, it wasn't quite the same. Uh, the game in which they beat Northern Arizona on the Hail Mary on the final play of the game, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the previous two or three years. That was a lock at that point. And then in the playoff game against Southern Illinois, again, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead lead in the past two or three years it would be game over so I think we're looking to see now part of that was they were missing six or seven starters on defense throughout the course of the year but I think everybody's healthy right now and Jay for the first time in five years is relinquishing control of the defense I'm a little bit surprised by that but he has a lot of trust in his new co-defensive coordinators Grant Duff who was an outside linebackers coach and Joe Dale who was a safeties coach so I'm looking to see the takeaways get back to the level that it used to be as opposed to what we saw during the spring season. Offensively, I'll be curious to see Bronson Barron, the uh, the quarterback uh, last year who was a dual-threat quarterback, but unfortunately he broke uh, his left wrist in the second game of the season, and when he did come back to play, the running game part of his offense uh, pretty much was gone because you didn't want to risk it you know playing with a broken wrist and really uh, causing some severe damage there he he certainly has the arm to do it so I I look for that and it's a three-headed monster at running back I I, I think this Wildcat team you know there are a lot of expectations for them and I I I think this is a team that's very capable of uh, uh, meeting those expectations so obviously the Utes are going to be really good this year at least that's our projection for them Weber State one of the best uh, championship level teams uh, going. Can they stay within a couple touchdowns, Steve? You know, I guess in some ways I would say yes. I remember the last time the two teams played, Weber State jumped out to a 10 to nothing lead, and then I think they relinquished to 41 or 42 consecutive points. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham and Jay Hill go back a long way, so I, I don't know that, uh, that, that Kyle would uh, run up the score on the Wildcats if that happens. But I think they, they can hold their own. But obviously, when you look at the FCS level, uh, they have some depth, but it's all about the starting 22, whereas, you know, Utah and the Pac-12, well, uh, you know, they can go two, three deep and uh, not be all that concerned. So I, I just think uh, the Wildcats can hang in there. I don't have any expectations for a W, but I, I think it could be, a, you know, maybe a three touchdown game. Jay Hill has had so much success there, Steve. Um, do you think he's going to stay much longer? I mean, why has he stayed as long as he has? And is it just one of those things like maybe Randy Ray where this is just where he wants to be? 
Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, he was going to interview for the Utah State job when the boosters came in and said, no, we want Gary a few years back. Uh, I, I think he, he would go to the right position. Now, what that is, you'd have to ask him about that, but I think he's very comfortable where he is. I think there's a little bit of loyalty involved, the way the school really was supportive of him when his wife Sarah went through the, the, the cancer battle a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I could see him uh, uh, in a few positions, but as far as, you know, not just any job would pry uh, Jay away. I think the Utah job obviously would when, uh, you know, Kyle uh, uh, decides to, to hang it up whenever that might be, and I think that would be a very good choice on the part of the Utes. So you think he would be able to make that leap? Uh, football's football, right? He'd be able to right. do that without a problem. I, I, I don't think it would be a problem at all. I mean, he did coach, what, uh, 10 years at that level under Kyle uh, at Utah, so he know, knows what it's all about. I think he'd feel very comfortable there. How does he keep finding all these great coaches for his staff? It seems like his staff just gets raided every year, and he seems to find these young coaching studs, and I'm sure they're not paying millions of dollars there at Weber. Um, is that that's probably not something we talk about enough as, as he's been able to find some coaching talent. Exactly. He's lost a lot of uh, coaching talent to both Utah, BYU, and uh, other schools as well. But as you said, he, keep, he keeps finding guys. You know, he, he lost a couple of offensive coordinators in a row, uh, went back to the prep ranks and took Matt Hammer, who had been an offensive coordinator at Weber a few years back. He'd been coaching at Ogden High, I think, for five or six years and brought him back into the collegiate fold. And I thought he did a pretty good job considering uh, the, the lack of an offensive line last year with only one starter healthy the entire season. Uh, so Matt Hammer, I think, at offensive coordinator, he's a, a, an up-and-comer. I think Grant Duff, who when I first started doing the Wildcats, he was the operations guy, so he was the guy I always talked to about booking travel. And now he's moved from uh, uh, that to linebackers coach and now co-defensive coordinator, bringing Andre Dawson back into the state to, as the cornerback coach. And I think the Wildcats are very deep at, at that position. Skyler Ridley, the tight end coach, he just keeps finding him. You know, obviously, if you're a young coach and you get an opportunity to coach under Coach Hill, you're not going to turn it down. I'm sure he is being sought out by young coaches all over for one of those coveted assistance positions. Yeah, and being able to have, well, to have the talent to see uh, who's got great potential as a coach, uh, I, I, that, that's a real skill, and uh, I got to respect Jay Hill for that. And an outstanding, you know, recruiter. One of the first things he wanted to do, because when he took over, you know, the Wildcats had gone through four coaches in three years. It was a, a mess. The, uh, the, onco- the light at the end of the tunnel was an oncoming train at that point. And uh, one of the key, one of the first things he said, he, he needed to reestablish dominance over Southern Utah in the battle for the FCS caliber players. And that's uh, probably the biggest thing that he's turned around because, uh, you know, at that point, Southern Utah was a very strong program. They haven't been as good lately and then they'll be out of the big sky this year or after this year and and jay has won those in-state uh, recruiting battles plus he's got uh, a nice pipeline to california as well so uh, he, he's got uh, the ties that are necessary at all levels as do those assistant coaches uh, to get uh, some of the best fcs caliber players and in some cases some guys who have started off at uh, fbs schools and it hasn't worked out uh, from a depth standpoint and so they want playing time so they come to to weber state and uh, and get some time I thought it was pretty cool that they're going to uh, put Coach Mack in the Weaver State Hall of Fame. 
Exactly. I mean, he was, uh, you know, before the uh, the the upheaval uh, when uh, when when John L was brought in, uh, you know, Matt kind of resurrected the program a little bit. Uh, and no disrespect meant to my uh, analyst on the games, uh, Jerry Graybeal, who's still a part of the athletic uh, uh, hierarchy there. But uh, he he really got them back into it. He he won a Big Sky championship, albeit a shared title, uh, and so he kind of set the table to get things turned around. It took a couple of steps back, as I said uh, during that three-year period, but. Jay has has brought it back. So so Max certainly uh, uh, deserves uh, that opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm happy for him. Okay, fellas, I'm going to say this, and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make it not sound creepy. All right, Jay. Oh boy. But Steve, uh, a few years ago, I was uh, uh, invited into the uh, Weber State locker room uh, to uh, as a part of something I was writing, and when I walked in there. Uh, before and at, and at halftime and after the game, one thing that stood out to me is these guys, some of the guys may not be as big as some of, uh, you know, the, the top-notch recruits at Utah and BYU. But, man, I looked around the room and I said, these guys are real athletes. These, I mean, it, it's not like it's some huge step down. No, it really isn't. And, you know, I, I, every year there's some FCS team that knocks off uh, uh, an FBS team. I know that the, the Weber had a lead going into the fourth quarter three or four years ago at Cal. Uh, they should have won the game at San Diego State, if not for a bogus holding call on a kickoff return for a touchdown by uh, Rashid Shahid. So, uh, I, I, again, to me, the, obviously, as you mentioned, size and maybe speed might be a difference. But, obviously, team depth is the biggest difference between uh, FCS and FBS, but it's a, it's a fun caliber of football to watch. And, you know, the first home game uh, on the 18th is against James Madison University, a perennial powerhouse, a former national champion that's knocked out the Wildcats in the playoffs in the quarterfinals and the semifinals uh, during the past four years. So that that's developed into a nice rivalry, and this will be the first time that uh, James Madison will be here uh, at, uh, at uh, Stewart Stadium in Ogden. Plus, you know, you look at the future schedules, this game against Utah, it's the first of, I think it's four meetings against uh, Pac-12 schools in the next five years. They play the Utes again in 2023. Uh, they play at Washington in 2024 and Arizona in uh, 2025. And, uh, you know, great competition for the Wildcats to start off with, not to mention the, the paychecks. I think it's 600000 uh, for the Utes games, and that's pretty much clear considering there's no travel expense. And then you've got, I think, 700000 from Washington, six fifty from Arizona. So, you know, great to uh, help out the the athletic department coffers as well. Well, someone has to pay Steve Clowkey's uh, salary. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. Hey, wait, wait. I got to ask Steve a question, a baseball question. You mind? Okay. We're not paying enough attention to Mr. Otani, are we? I mean, what this guy is doing is unbelievable. 40 home runs and pitching the way he does from the mound. He's the only he, he's the only guy to uh, hit a ball over 100 miles per hour and pitch a ball over 100 miles per hour. <laughs> if he if he were playing in New York, it'd be lights out. I mean, uh, it would be you know the, the the spotlight would be on day in and day out. And uh, it's just now that the people are catching up to see exactly what it is that uh, he's capable of doing. He could be you know an, an MVP and a Cy Young Award winner, even if you separated his two uh, specialties, the pitching and the hitting. He's just 
just amazing to watch. He had his 40th home run yesterday, which is a new uh, uh, left-handed batter record for the Angels. Reggie Jackson had the old record at 39. So uh, he is just uh, so much fun to watch, and he has so much fun playing the game. And, you know, when the Angels signed him, one of the reasons he signed with the Angels was because he was insistent about being a two-way player, and some of the teams wanted to, you know, make him just an outfielder or just a pitcher, but the Angels allowed him what he wanted to do, and obviously it's it's paid off. It would be nice to see what would happen if they if they had Trout, but there's no uh, timetable for his return as of yet. So he is just so much fun to watch, and I think people really need to pay closer attention uh, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime situation. He never spent any time here, did he? No, he did not. Okay. Uh, he, he, well, he by the time he, he, he was signed with the Angels, he already spent three or four or five years in, in the major leagues over in Japan. Yeah. All right. Uh, for those folks that don't know, Steve Clockey is, is a food guy, and uh, he loves that uh, <laughs> the diners, dives, drive-ins uh, show. And, <laughs> yes, and, yes uh, I've been to, been to 201 now. Wow. And Steve spends a lot of time in specific kind of random markets, right? You know, PCL and, and Big Sky Markets. So so I'm, I want to put you to the test, Steve. All okay. right, you ready? I'm in downtown Reno. It's mm-hmm. dinner time, and mm-hmm. I want some shawarma. Where am I going? Shawarma? In Reno? <laughs> shawarma. Mediterranean food. I, oh, I know, I know what it is, but I just, uh, I, I, that's not something I've, I've uh, found really in downtown okay. Reno. I, I, found, I, I found great Basque food there. There's a, a Chicago hot dog, an Italian beef stand. There's uh, some pretty good uh, barbecue, but uh, shawarma, I've, uh, I'm, I'm kind of racking my brain around downtown Reno, which doesn't take very long. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't say that I, I know of any shawarma place in, in downtown. Reno, but I do like shawarma. See, see, you passed the test though, because you know there's no shawarma in downtown uh, downtown Reno. Uh, Reno. There's, a, there's I, a lot of things that aren't in downtown Reno. <laughs> I was just trying to think <laughs> of the most random food I could think of. Uh, One of my but, favorite uh, things, real quick, in in downtown Reno is uh, they have a hash house a go go that breakfast oh, place, yeah. in the, uh, and there's a sign outside uh, with the autographs of uh, several former NBA players signing that have signed this menu, and, and one of them is Big T. But when they have the plaque underneath, they don't say Thurl Bailey signed it. It's Thur Bailey. <laughs> they left off the L. Oh, nice. So since you eat at so many different restaurants and so many different places, Steve, where's your go-to place around these parts? Oh, boy, that's uh uh, there's there's a few places. It depends on the meal. Breakfast, it's obviously the Park Cafe over on uh, 13th South. Uh, uh, for dinner, I definitely, if, you know, a, a family, no, not a family, but uh, more of a, a nice dinner, but not overly expensive. Uh, you know, Bandits over there in the southeast corner uh, uh, of 215 is a, a pretty good stop. I know that when I have visitors here, we always try to make a stop at uh, at Red Rock and a few others, but the, the one place I haven't been to that uh, I was told uh, P.J. Carlissimo insists that I try, but uh, uh, I, I don't have the same per diem as P.J., and that's uh, Valters, the Italian restaurant downtown. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. uh, Steve, I understand you have a doubleheader tonight. The weather didn't cooperate yesterday, so what, we're getting things going at uh, 5 o'clock down at the ballpark? Yep. Yep, 5.05 with the first game. Uh, each game's uh, seven innings long, about 30 minutes in between games. So uh, two for the price of one tonight. Let's play two. The more clowky, the better. That's my that's what <laughs> I, I don't know about say. that. Bring on more clowky. Uh, Steve, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks, buddy. All right, anytime, guys. There's our friend Steve Clowkey, uh, doubleheader. Um, the Big Show will continue on, by the way, at 5 on 97.5, and uh, Steve and the Bees game will be over on 1280. Doubleheader at the ballpark, and uh, 
Yeah, it's, uh, too bad they couldn't get uh, get the game in yesterday. But I, I have you been to a, a bees doubleheader? I've not. I've, it's I've cool. Been to plenty of bees games, but I've never sat down for two games. So the doubleheaders they move, they move pretty quick. And as Steve said, they do seven innings or whatever. But you, you get a lot of baseball in one night. So <laughs> get over to the ballpark and uh, and watch the bees tonight. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. All right, we'll have more big show coming up next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.